beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. What's up, universe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on this awesome weekend. Hope everybody's weekend is looking great. This is Corey DLG with Busy Jewel's little brother Nico. That's me. It is you. How you been, buddy? Uh, I've been good. Trying to get my sleep schedule together after completely destroying it after a weekend. <laughs> I, I respect it. Um, I mean, you're running out of runway there. <laughs> uh, that's fine. You tell me. You tell me. Inverting my sleep cycle is a, not a good idea. Oh man, mine was inverted for a. A good three months there. Like, I just completely was up all night. Just nocturnal. And you're like, ooh, is that the sun? Time to hit the hay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I kept trying to fix it, but it would, go, like, I would stretch it to be, like, it'd be, like, nine in the morning, and I'd be like, oh, I'm exhausted. Like, no, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's like, man, things are getting real late. It's like, it's 2 p.m., and you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to hit the hay. Yeah, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> like you just gotta extend it further and further. Yeah, just, yeah. Well, I think what eventually what I did was I just like, I'm just gonna lose this day. I'll just stay in bed all day, and then uh, and that'll be close enough. Ah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> gonna wake up post business hours. Like, ah, everyone's already left. Darn. Yeah, and there's no good way to do it. So it is what it is. Like you're stuck either way, right? Yeah, it's either you're going to hate yourself for an entire day or you're going to lose an entire day. It's like, which one would you rather have? I'd rather hate someone else for the entire day. Yeah, see? Like, I'm not making it to the bank, but no one was anyways. <laughs> Bank's a scam. Are they getting um, random days off? Ridiculous. Know, right? Probably the least exciting crossover is, is wrapped up this week on uh, Fortnite. Oh man, can't wait. NBA All-Star Weekend. Like, like Fortnite's cool when it crosses over with, like, media stuff, but, like, when it crosses over with regular people, I always think it's weird. <laughs> what are you, are NBA fans are regular people? <laughs> NBA fans? <laughs> like, when, when Fortnite did, like, the Travis Scott thing before he became, like, untouchable and they dropped him like a meteor... <laughs> Oh yeah, they're not they're not friends with them anymore now. Yeah. Before it was like, oh like superheroes. Like the one that was kind of weird was John Wick, and it's like I get it's like a character, but it's still just Keanu Reeves. Well, that one was sort of weird, right? Because like it's super obvious that the age group that is probably the Fortnite target demographic can't even get in to see the movie. Right, yeah. It's rated R. And like definitely rated R. People get their heads blown off. Yeah, yeah. John Wick's John Wick's a busy guy, but it's all about that murder. Right. Kills a guy with a book, and you're like, mm, I don't know if it's good to teach the kids this. <laughs> Reading's important. Knowledge is power. Isn't the guy that killed a book an NBA player? Yeah. Like on. I, I made it full circle. There it is. Look at you closing the loop. Bobanovich? I don't remember his name. He's um he's like he's he's a he's a Serbian seven. Apparently somebody John. just walked up to him and was like, do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> hey, you want John Wick to kill you? And the answer is always yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was basically what it boils down to. Like, hey, you're going to fight John Wick in this movie. And he's like, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I noticed a really random, um, I don't even know what you would call it, cameo, I guess, the other day. Um, so Kevin Nash is a, is, a, is a former pro wrestler, you know, part of the NWO, probably one of my one of my favorite people to, to watch interviews of because he's just really honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stories from the road that he tell that he tells are like they start in strip clubs, which is where most of the wrestlers would go after like when they're in a town for you know one day. Um, he'd be like, "Yeah, man, it was, it was me and Scott Hall and the Undertaker in a strip club, or blah blah blah." blah. Or <laughs> and you're like, "This is believable instantly." <laughs> yeah. Or uh, or one of them was. Uh, Vince McMahon pulled him aside and told him, "Hey, let's uh, let's take it easy on strip clubs." He said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem." Uh, so that night, he and Scott Hall went into one, and across the way was the Undertaker at another one at another table, and they both made eye contact, and they like they both made the promise not to tell anybody by just eye contact. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, total secret." <laughs> like it's almost funnier. Like if you're like, it's like, anyways, you said we should cool it in the strip clubs, as we said, standing in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> This could be the last time we come to one of these. Uh, <laughs> Man, we really stopped you to go to strip clubs. Camera pans out into strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is the last time. Uh, <laughs> but Kevin Nash, you know, he's he's just a he's a big guy, uh, and so he gets cast in all kinds of stuff. So he was in John Wick One mm-hmm. as one of the security guards outside that Russian spa club. Yeah, that, that John Wick goes. He's the one that John Wick gives the night off to. Right, and uh, and Kevin Nash does that terrible Russian accent. Um, he's not an actor, guys. He's well, he, he's not particularly. He's known for just being a giant guy. He was the one. He's the guy in the Punisher comes in and fights the Punisher in that apartment fight. Oh, I love that fight so much. So when he kills him with a the, the paper cutter or whatever, well, he drops the pasta on him at one point and like just yeah. burns the, the the stuffing out of his face. I hate that fight scene. The music ruins it for me. <laughs> um, but he uh, they're just flipping through stuff and Rock of Ages was on and he's one of the bouncers at the bar Rock of Ages and the only reason I noticed is because it's oh it was a YouTube clip of um, so Tom Cruise Rock of Ages is a, is about is a musical about a rock a rock star about a, actually it's about a rock club and this Mick Jagger type rock star comes through and basically saves the club one night. And Tom Cruise is playing the rock star. It's really bad the movie. It's totally worth watching because it's so bad. But anyway, it covers a bunch of 80s metal songs as like its musical theme. And so Tom Cruise is singing Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the scene again. So he's playing Wanted, and it's you know there's a. a of course, you got to remember Tom Cruise is four foot eleven. Uh, also, and so, <laughs> and uh, it's you know I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he goes, I want it, and the two bouncers are right there, and they're the they're the echo. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> Wanted. <laughs> you never thought of the Kevin. <laughs> it's so bad. 
the next crossover into the one <laughs> song sung by Tom Cruise. And they don't even zoom in on them. They they zoom in on the other bouncer, but as they're panning out, it's only like you only recognize him for like a split second. But I was like, oh, poor Kevin Nash. Like this is a rough gig for him. Like, <laughs> all right, Kevin. So you're gonna sit there. And you're gonna you're gonna be backup vocals to Tom Cruise in his musical. <laughs> you gotta know that when they pitched it to him, somebody was like, "Well, you're a big like, guy. You can play a bouncer." And he's like, "That's that's basically all I play." They were like, perfect. Great. (laughs) It's so bad. As a whole. Um, I think I've seen at least part of it. I think I remember sneaking into this movie when I was like 14 or something. I I have no idea why you would want to do that, but yeah, okay. Like we were just (laughs) bored. Yeah, I mean, that that would be the reason to go see this movie. Are you bored? Do you want to lose the next two hours? I mean, but, like, of ages. but like it was like double bored because we had already seen a movie. <laughs> we just didn't want to leave. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of famous people in the movie. Not a good movie. Fair enough. I'm trying to think now. They do a bunch of songs. The woman reporter is Malin Ackerman. She's the the girl from uh, Watchmen and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, it's a terrible movie. Julianne Ho, isn't it though? She's gorgeous. She's the she's the one who basically got famous from uh, Dancing with the Stars. It's like a really weird like <laughs> like trajectory, but sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, she has a like now. I don't understand what her career is now, but like you know how it's entertainment. You, there is no careers. It doesn't make any sense. Well, like you know how you know certain celebrity dancers now, or certain dancers from Dancing with the Stars. Her and her brother uh, were like the first two, Derek and her. She's done a country album. Um, nice. again, and, like again, like this trajectory doesn't mean like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's super bizarre. She's done a country album, and then also Rooms to Go. She has her own collection of furniture from Rooms to Go. Mm, yep, you that know, makes sense. You know how Rooms to Go has like five different like famous people. Yeah, that's like a like a, they have like weird collabs. Right, and that's how I view them. By the way, it's just all collaborations from here. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, if they if they had come to us, I mean, I guess we we'd be one of the five. <laughs> Would you do a rooms to go collab, Nico? Oh, absolutely. I want I want the twin bed setup. I want a full bed setup. I want a lazy boy. <laughs> Did you just start with a twin bed? You're so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> What's the tiniest bed you could have as a human? That's the bed we want. <laughs> I was and it's weird. I haven't slept in a twin bed in probably about a decade, but I'm still like, yeah. That's, it feels very nerd thug, is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, I mean, listen, as long as it's still a mattress, I guess it counts. Uh... <laughs> but I, want, I want bed frames excluded from the... <laughs> yeah. Excluded from the collection. <laughs> Ours is the mattress on the floor uh, collection. The aesthetic. I respect it. College guy not quite having his life together, that's our aesthetic. Yeah. Listen, that's who we're nailing in the Target demos, so we may as well just 
sell furniture to those guys too. Like as a twenty-something in college, I I totally get it. <laughs> it's funny because uh, now that I'm thirty-eight, uh, my bed is on a frame. Ooh, ooh, and, framed uh, beds. Yeah, so like mine has been too my entire life. Well, when I moved into this place, I moved in and had a mattress on the floor still, and it was only when. I bought the the new mattress that I've got now, you know, and I put a lot of money into it. I said, okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll elevate this. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll put this on a frame. It came with a free bed frame. Like that's how, you know, when you turn into a real person, when they're like, Hey, we'll throw a bed frame in for free. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I have I luxury. I guess I don't want this on the floor. That's a good point. <laughs> oh no, but someone can hide under your bed now. Is that why we do that as adults? Is that or as kids? Is that what we're doing? We're we're securing the perimeter. Yeah, dude, they don't want to give the murderers any place to hide. I got to be honest. They could have hidden anywhere else in my like <laughs> a lot of blocked sight lines growing up in my room. I guess that's fair. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back. We got a lot more nerd uh, up late with Nerd Thunder Radio. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG here. Wanted to make sure you guys know about the weekly schedule of the Adventure Begins comics, games, and more. Right up there at five twenty-five Woodland Square, Suite One Thirty in Conroe. Every Monday they're painting miniatures, and on Tuesday they're rotating between Digimon or Dragon Ball. On Wednesday, they have Yu-Gi-Oh! On Friday, they do casual Star Wars play of almost every type of game, including Legion and X-Wing Fighter, and of course, Magic the Gathering and Warhammer on Saturdays. Make sure to go to the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more, where all the nerds hang out. All right, nerds, let me tell you guys about a good friend of the show, an 11-year veteran who served in Iraq as a sniper, and then became one of the coolest jobs in the world. In 2008, he got licensed to be a private investigator, a bounty hunter. I'm talking about Scorpion Investigations dot com everything from proof of infidelity to sweeping a home or business for bugs microphones cameras bounty honey and even doing some bail bonds work scorpioninvestigations.com is who you need to contact for your security needs and background checks scorpioninvestigations.com hey guys Corey dlg of nerd thug radio just letting you know that your party is not complete unless you're using the sincere smiles photo booth go to sincere smiles photo.com and go ahead and make a reservation there for a photo booth to have at your party. It comes with all kinds of props and fun things. It can print or even make digital photos for you. And most importantly, if you mention the Nerd Thug Radio ad, you get an additional hour for free when making your reservation. SincereSmilesPhoto.com, the photo booth for your party. Welcome back to Uplate with Nerd Thug Radio. Just hanging out here on this wonderful, wonderful weekend. I wanted to remind everybody to make sure they go see Dragon's Lair. February 26th, right here in Houston. They are debuting their new location. Uh, everybody's very excited. Make sure to follow the Facebooks to get the address and all that. We're, we're excited to be a part of their growth and, and moving over. Uh, they're one of our favorite sponsors, and we're going to be out there February 26th hanging out with them. Um, so mark your calendars. You can finally, finally get that elusive Nerd Thug Radio autograph. There you go. Yeah. I'll be uh, signing babies and boobs uh, all weekend. Makes sense. Yeah. Listen, keep the list short. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is it on the list? Not doing it. So we were talking about Tom Cruise. Yeah. And 
one of the weird rumors coming out of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. By the way, they had a trailer debut on the Super Bowl. Actually, one of the very first commercials. And it was a, it's a really good trailer, but it, it definitely goes in some weird places. Um, You'll love to see it. I'm, I'm so excited for this movie. <laughs> I, 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 I no longer... So, coming out of Spider-Man No Way Home, I now don't know what to expect from this movie. Um, yeah, it's up in the air. It's about it, the multiverse. It could go anywhere. It, it literally could go anywhere. And there's a lot of things just floating around, going around, make it all weird. But I'm going to focus on this, and then we'll talk about a bunch of the other ones. So Robert Downey Jr. has basically said he's not coming back to the MCU. Also, Chris Evans has essentially said the same thing. I think it's probably more likely you see Chris Evans than it is Robert Downey Jr. I think just it is what it is kind of a deal. I think I think, I think think uh, old Robert is... He's made his he's made his bazillions of dollars. He's now done. Well, no, I think he also he killed his character. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I think for him he's actually a little bit more of an old school actor in the sense that they don't want to keep playing the same person over and over again. Yeah, I mean he's he was Iron Man for ten years. He was Iron Man for a decade, and also Marvel basically calls and tells you like, hey, three months from now you're going to be shooting a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a lot. Don Cheadle gave an interview where when Marvel came to him, they basically gave him a day to say yes or no about uh, replacing Terrence Howard. He was actually the, the phone call he where he's actually talking to the Marvel execs about whether or not he even wants to do it was his son's birthday. And he was like, well, do I have to decide right now? Cause I'm at my son's birthday. And they're like, Oh no, 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 no. Take some time. We'll call back in 12 hours. Like, <laughs> And like, I guess, him, yeah. They they basically tell him in the in the in the conversation that, listen, you're not going to have a lot of control over the schedule. You're not going to have a lot of control over script, character, direction. Like we already have people working on all that stuff. You don't really have a lot of say in it. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess like depending on what kind of actor you are, like that's either a really big boon or like, oh man, this sucks. Well, and for Cheadle, who has a massive a prolific work history um, and kind of has a career reputation as being a guy who's like, he's in a lot of stuff and a lot of different type of, uh, he probably didn't like the lack of flexibility, but for a guy like maybe Chris Hemsworth, it's sort of guaranteeing like stardom. Like, look, you're going to play one of the big three Avengers six times, seven times, whatever it is. In or out, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, man, that's fine." Uh, yeah, he's I'll... become such a like beloved, <laughs> like honestly, like dork of the MCU. Yeah, like he's nowhere near as serious as like Tony or uh, or Cap, and it's funny. Yeah, he has found a really solid sweet spot with that character. If you go back and watch from maybe like Thor one, where he's still equally, you know, unaware of the customs of Earth. And still as much a fish out of water, but it just doesn't play as well. It, it, it is it is a great evolution for that character. I think Taiki Watiti, if I'm even saying it even kind of close, really kind of brought fresh air to that character. But so the, the rumor is original the original idea for the Marvel Cinematic Universe was the early nineties, they wanted to do Iron Man movies. They wanted to do a whole trilogy of them. And 
in the early 90s, there was no hotter actor than Tom Cruise. It's true. So Tom Cruise actually spent a decade chasing around the Iron Man project from different studios and stuff, where basically he 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 used to be able to do this back in the day. He basically told all of Hollywood, like, listen, if you make the Iron Man movie, I am Iron Man. Like, you call nobody else. You get nobody else. You tell me when you're making it. I'm we'll work out on the schedule. I am Iron Man. No doubts about that. And everybody was always like, oh, okay, well, Tom Cruise wants to be Iron Man. Okay, cool. And they just never could get the rest of it figured out, blah, blah, blah. So it never happened. Mm. But it was known around Hollywood that, like, if you make Iron Man, Tom Cruise is Tony Stark. Um, so there's talk now that in the Multiverse of Madness, there's a scene where it seems pretty obvious in the trailer that it's Professor X, that it's uh, Jean-Luc Picard. It's... Um, I actually can't remember his name. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. There you go. It's Patrick Stewart speaking to Doctor Strange, which means which makes everyone think that it's Professor Xavier, which makes everyone think it's the Illuminati, which means there'd be a version of Iron Man there too. And it's Tom Cruise. That's what people are saying. I've seen I've seen the theory that like it's Superior Iron Man. Yeah, like, oh, like it could be Doom or something. That'd be interesting. Or no, Superior Iron Man was the like evil the, version of Iron Man, huh? Yeah, it's like a weird like liquid metal suit thing. So I think my personal thought is actually that those are versions of Ultron, perhaps, and that they could do Ultron instead of it would be a much easier thing to do to do Ultron in in place of Tony Stark. James Spader as a voice actor will be a much easier get than uh, the others. Yeah, that's probably true. Or you if you remember, fulfill, or you could fulfill Tom Cruise's dream of being Iron Man. True. If you remember, uh, in Spider-Man: No Way Home, they basically have now said that the guy who played Sandman, uh, he 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 was never on set. They never really worked with him. They basically had one film's worth of footage, and then they had scanned his body a few times, and blah blah blah. And I guess he did a voice acting thing later, but he was saying the entire movie. But well, and that's why they never do him like in full on person form. Well, yeah, he has one scene where he like looks up at Peter, and that's it. Yeah, right at the end, and it's very brief. But uh, but yeah, that's got everything to do with the fact that apparently I don't know. He again, he never he didn't do any of the media. He didn't do any publicity. He didn't do any interviews. But they basically talk about how like his availability was very limited. It's kind of crazy to think about, you know, considering he's in the movie the entire time. Right. He's not, yeah, he's in the movie, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, there's actually talk that there are a ton of cameos and people in this movie. Some people are desperately under the impression that the X-Men appear in this movie. Um, for sure, they're debuting Amerigo, uh, America Chavez in this movie. Uh, there's something going on with Scarlet Witch. It looks like we're going to get zombie Scarlet Witch and zombie Doctor Strange, as well as evil Doctor Strange. Um, I saw a headline for an article that actually looks kind of interesting that basically says the What If series in Disney Plus is essentially a prequel to Multiverse of Madness. I kind of buy that. I sort of agree with that. 
because it shows these worlds so that you, if you don't know anything about them, you now see them. And then when you see Multiverse of Madness, you're like, oh, okay, cool. They're back at those worlds again. Um, yeah. And those were relevant Marvel stories. Not, uh, not all of them, but they were all interesting. Somebody said that, that they saw Sharon Carter in the trailer, but I haven't seen that. So I don't know that that's accurate. Yeah, that definitely. I love. I love how there's still like an air of mysticism that we can have around these movies. Like, ooh, it's gonna. Who's gonna be in it this time? Well, and here's here's one that I do think is true. Uh, I think Ryan Reynolds has hoodwinked us. You think that? What? Sorry, I didn't hear you. I think Ryan Reynolds hoodwinked us. Yeah. Remember how he said he's taking time off from acting to go be a father and hang out with his family and his wife and all that. By the way, lie. gorgeous wife, wonderful family. Like, and he's rich, so go do it. He made a hundred million dollars off of the gin deal, uh, aviation gin. So, yeah, you know, go be go be you. Plus, he he made a bunch of money off the Deadpool stuff because he's one of the producers. Um, except on his Insta- Instagram account, very briefly, was posted a picture of him in a it looked actually updated Deadpool costume. Yep, love to see it. Then it was immediately taken off, deleted from his Instagram, because in the background, the woman helping with the costume, or one of the people helping with it, is the woman who is the costume designer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oops. So, there's now roaring suspicion that Deadpool enters the Marvel Universe in Doctor Strange. And is anyone surprised... Not surprised, but excited. Because if you recall, essentially, he he, he said just as recently as a month ago that he was taking a break from acting. Right. But I think... He's in bed a lot. And the best part about Deadpool is that you don't even necessarily... He can take a break from acting and still do Deadpool because he could just do the voice and that's it. Yeah, but I mean, and I'm glad glad it looks like it's going to be him on set. More importantly than that, though, in a movie this big, there's so many characters and so many things. I've heard somewhere that there are more characters. This is the largest Marvel movie uh, so far, is what I've heard, including Endgame, uh, oh, Infinity War. So, including kind of Endgame, there's like 75 different thousand actors in that movie. Yeah, everyone is in Endgame, right? So, like, who, who, how do they, what are they saying? Um, well, well, that's, that's insane. <laughs> But essentially, that would mean if that's the case, that um, this means Multiversal Madness is going to have like ninety plus characters in it. It's just going to be nothing but cameos on the movie. But that means if you're doing something like Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool, he can't be in very much of the movie. No, he's probably he's probably in probably a scene or two. Right. So they fly him out for what three days, four days. Honestly, it's... like they could probably do it in a day. His if his scene is short. Right, if it's just one scene, yeah, they they fly him out, they dress him up, he does the scene all day, then they send him home. They yeah, scan he's like, or and something. He goes, he goes, it's been real, and then leaves, and then signs a, a billion dollar contract with Marvel for the rest of his life. Right, and then Deadpool just shows up whenever Ryan Reynolds feels like it. Ryan, what are you doing this weekend? You want to be in another movie? Okay, yeah, okay. They call it the Corey deal. Yeah, see, I just call him up. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I would be intrigued about that. I would like that. Uh, and, if they, and it looks like they are doing some version of the Illuminati. They've introduced most of these characters, all these characters, 
So they could do a version of it. Um, yeah, this means that we're going to get the Illuminati Super Scroll, the broken one. Right. I mean, because Black Bolt, Xavier, Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Captain America, and T'Challa all exist on film in some form or another already. In some capacity. So, I mean, uh, it's all possible. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got a little, we got a lot more up late with Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. Attention, real estate investors. Have you sold properties using seller financing? Call Sal. Do you collect monthly payments from a mortgage note but want a lump sum cash offer? Call Sal. Do you have a rent-to-own property but want to cash out? Call Sal. We pay cash today for your cash flow assets. If you would like a lump sum offer on your asset, please call Sal. We can present a same-day offer so you can get cash in your hands as quickly as possible. Call Sal at M5X Mortgage Note Solutions now. 619-922-0176. 619-922-0176. Corey DLG here of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to let you guys know about Dragon's Lair, Houston North. Right there at 21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. The Dragon's Lair has got a full range of comics and games as well as comics, graphic novels, manga, and one of Houston's largest selections of board, card, and miniature gaming. That's Dragon's Lair right there at 249 in Luetta Road. Come hang out. Let them know Nerd Thug Radio sent you. What's going on, universe? This is Up Late with uh, Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here on this weekend, broadcasting out through the space waves, through the cosmos, and even on your AM stations. That's great. Uh, that's right. This is Core DLG with you as usual, little brother Nico. We're just hanging out here, doing our Nerd Thug Radio thing. Um, okay, so last week we covered an interesting story that I thought was worth talking about. Um, about Godhood Comics, where they basically kind of exploded through the door a little bit and, and, and did something I've been waiting to see someone do. I've been waiting to see someone dip their toe in, and I, and I didn't want to be the first, that's why I was waiting for someone else, because I wasn't... As a creator, I'm not super confident that I've got the best comic books ever made yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you never you never think of like, oh, I'm the I'm the guy who's gonna blaze the trail, but you do think it's possible. I think we could live in a world where individual monthly comic books sell in excess of anywhere between six hundred to nine hundred thousand copies a month without comic shops uh in non big two books. I don't think we're too far away from that now. Uh, But I think what has to happen is I think the internet has to help comic book creators now break out of right now. When people make comic books, they want to, they want to make them in the mold of the direct market. They want to get into comic shops because we're under the impression that's the best way to get sales. Um. I think the best way to get sales is to treat the internet like the internet, just like everyone else does. Like an unknown artist puts a song on, on SoundCloud, and and lets it do its thing, right? Yeah. I think what needs to happen is people who are willing to buy comic books just don't realize comic books are even still a thing, really. Um, I think more and more and more they now realize it. They just don't. Their comic shops aren't everywhere. There are certain. There are plenty of small towns where you just there are no comic shops. Um, yeah, or they closed like 10 years ago. <laughs> right. And so, you know, a lot of times when I tell people I make comic books, one of the first things I get asked is, do people still, they'll still come out? 
Um, and that's not meant as a derogative thing. They just honestly have never seen one. Right. Or like the last time they read a comic book was in the 90s. <laughs> Correct. So this woman who has, you know, 20 plus thousand followers, she reached out to Ghana Comics and she speaks, she comments on black culture. Uh, and that's sort of her niche. And Godhood Comics is a imprint for black creators and black superheroes. So it was a good fit. Her audience would enjoy something like that. And he's got a good back catalog of stuff available for purchase right there on the spot. And so lo and behold, he um, he did he had a he had a massive week. In the first in the second day of her covering Godhood Comics, uh, he had over four thousand dollars in sales. In the span of in the span of three or four hours, um, that's awesome. That's great. And it's like uh, a super big deal. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, you know, he did he did six hundred some odd units in that time, and that's totally worth discussing and celebrating and highlighting. Uh, I reached out to uh, to the creator uh, Tyler Force Martin. He's the owner of Godhood Comics. And we started to have a little bit of a conversation, but we didn't get too far. Um, we'll see if we can get him on the show or something. But he kind of – he didn't seem too, too interested in kind of talking about stuff. I, I was trying to ask him questions, but he just wasn't – I didn't have his full attention, I don't feel like. Um, but today, or the story I'm going to talk about this week that continues that story, that breaking the wheel, the breaking out, is Comixology a long, long time ago got bought by Amazon. Okay, mm-hmm. so Amazon has been running and owning Comixology for two or three years. All right. One cool thing they were doing for a little while was Comixology had a kind of like an independent uh, section. Yeah. Uh, called Comixology Submit, where as a creator you could just send your book into them and they would format it for you and stuff like that and uh, upload it. Um, it was a very long approval process though. I never said it, the process to get into comicology was one of the longest in comic books. Allegedly they would take anything like they don't have a, like massive guidelines for yeses or nos, but it, it would still take six to 12 weeks to get processed and put on their server. Um, I said, that's, that's a really long time to go through that. So I said, okay, well, we'll just do something else. Um, and so I sell PDFs on my website for my books that are done. Um, well, Comixology announced a couple months ago that they were going to be getting rid of Submit. So basically closing the doors on independent creators. Very and they, cool. Thanks, and they were going to be updating a lot of the features in Comixology. And it turns out what they meant by updating was get rid of. Yeah, basically they're like, this is a lot of bloat. Let's just not have it. <laughs> right. Uh, but those features were interesting. Were good ones for comic shops, like for comic buyers. It was features like subscribe and things of that nature. To where every time the new Spider-Man issue comes out, notify me so that I can buy it and read it. Right. Um, yeah, that's gone now. Yeah, we don't, we don't need that anymore. Yeah, so this week the new updates took effect. And basically, everyone's looking at it and kind of muttering to themselves, like, what did they do? They what, are they, what have they done to my boy? <laughs> now, Amazon replied back, hey, everybody calm down. Not a big deal. Um, if you make comic books, Comicology Submit uh, was great. 
However, you can still use the Kindle PDF sellers program. And they do have a separate program for you to upload files to sell. I have a short story that's up for sale uh, that's probably 15, 12 years old or whatever it is on uh, on Amazon.com somewhere in the Kindle library. Um, it's called The Wilson House. And the reality is, that's probably, it's actually probably only about eight years old. I said 12. That's probably not even accurate. But the reality is that program does exist and it is easy to work with. And you can set a price and you can do all those things. Um, That's how people cheat the bestsellers list, by the way. By putting them on that? Yeah. How do, how, what do they do? How, how do they cheat it? Uh, they, they like publish a book that has like zero pages and then set a price of like free. And then they, they buy it, quote unquote, like 10,000 times. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, like I'm an Amazon bestseller, and it's like, really, where's your book? And it's got nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. Once you see best selling on a cover, it does make it a little bit better. New York Times has had that problem forever, though. Their list um, has some rules around it because people do game their system as well. Um, because if you put New York Times best selling author on your covers, it's worth a lot of money in sales. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times what people do is they is they find an organization and that bulk buys their book. Uh, not to get political on it, but Republicans uh do. I'm sure Democrats do it too, but Republicans uh basically all of their books, the RNC buys them in bulk through retailers so that there's orders, and then they they give them away at RNC events. If you look at like what you can buy when you go to an RNC event, there'll always be like a bonus package and it'll include like two or three books from prominent Republicans. So like, you know, like, oh man, how'd that get there? Right. And I'm sure, you know, I don't know if he has a book out or not right now, but Ted Cruz or something like if you were to buy like a ticket to a, a Texas Republican conference, they'd be like, oh, for $12 more, you can get the sign Ted Cruz book and sign this book and sign that book. And they're basically are they're giveaways. Uh, they're used as giveaways, but it's the RNC sort of validating their own people like pop culturally. And it's because the New York times with our list can be gamed. Uh, Jordan Peterson, who I'm not a big, big fan of. He's the guy that goes on Joe Rogan a bunch and has all kinds of weird, crazy theories about like gender equity and stuff. Um, he has a book that uh, he was on Rogan one time and he was saying that his book is a better seller than most New York Times bestsellers that it sells that he sold something like a uh, a million copies in in the first three months of its release or something like that, which sounds like that would have put it on the New York Times bestseller list. However, one of their rules because people do game the system is that uh, books from out of the country don't count on the list. Oh yeah, he's Canadian. Uh, and I guess it's a Canadian publisher that he used. But his counter to that was that there were other Canadian authors on the list, and I was like, well, are they authors or are they Canadian publishers? Because I can see how that would be a different, like, yeah, um, you know, uh, it's an I, obnoxious difference, but one that exists. Well, it does. Well, and it exists for like. Different countries have different rules on how they sell books and how it counts and blah, blah, blah. So if you've built 
if you're curating a list based on the American rules, you which you it would, does, God right? Yeah. You wouldn't be able to count other countries' books. So I do think fair, not fair, exclusionary, whatever. Actually targeting him, actually not targeting him. I don't know. I don't care. You know, I mean, if it's the same rule that they use all around, then it is what it is. Um, yeah, and if it's like, well, that rule doesn't apply to these people, it's like, all right, then you can have a complaint somewhere. Yeah, then, yeah. If, if, if you could point to other people who are in the same scenario as you and are on the list, but you're not, then okay, fine. Let's talk about it. Uh, but like the New York Times is, is they do do some... I'm going to say editing to the list because the, you know, the Bible isn't number one on the list ever, but it is the most most sold book ever. Correct. Correct. And like, I think the most translated, Um, I believe it is. Well, I think I saw something where Game of Thrones beat it recently for translated, which is hilarious. Um, but yes, the Bible, the Bible would be number one on every list ever. Uh, so if you don't see the Bible, then that list is curated. So, um, oh man, wouldn't it be so funny to see like the Bible, like King James edition, like best New York Times bestseller? I mean, I'm sure for a while it probably was on the list every week, and then finally someone was like, you know, you can just take it off. Like, no, no, like, like on the cover, like it has the oh, <laughs> like it has like the expose, <laughs> New York Times bestselling book, number one in the last two uh, 28 years run. Yeah, and you're like, wow. Wow, really hyping up the Bible. Okay, all right. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Um, they got like a little like portrait of like, this is King James. <laughs> like, it's a drawing of him in the back. Yeah, yeah. But it's a drawing of a portrait of him and like in the same way that every author does where it's, it's that selfie angle, but that they're not taking. Right, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not taking it. It's like going into detail about this, this translation of the Bible. That'd be pretty good. I'd enjoy that. I, I would laugh pretty hard at that. Um, yeah, I just, you know, you can game the system, and the and the app is just underwhelming now. Without these things, I think subscribing is key to getting a comic book sales up. So I don't know why Amazon. I don't know why Amazon would get rid of that. It seems like a very, like, maybe because either A, a lot of people weren't using it, or B, like, like people were subscribed and then still not buying the book. Or were asking for refunds. Like, I don't know how the subscribe works. Like, maybe it auto-bought them. Yeah. Like, and oh, people were like, oh, was terrible. I don't want it. Well, no, like... Oh, that, I, or like, I ha- oh, I wanted to cancel. My bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I haven't read Spider-Man in months. Like, can we, can I... Can I have my three ninety nine back? No, but even that, like, it can't. Bo- nothing can bother Amazon that much. Yeah. Oh no, people won't stop giving us money. Yeah. Oh, you want your four dollars back? Um. You know what? I will take a break. When we come back, I'll tell my Amazon return story. That right. was make it quick because we have like two minutes left. <laughs> it, it's it's a fast story. All right. All right, we'll be right back. This is up late with Nerd Thug Radio. Hey guys, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio, letting you guys know about Dragon's Lair's gaming schedule. Every Monday they've got Magic the Gathering Commander going on, and on Tuesdays and Wednesdays they have Dungeons and Dragons. That's what I get down on. Uh, Warhammer on Fridays, as well as Friday Night Magic. Every Friday, as well as monthly tournaments, Dragon's Lair's where nerds go to get their game on right there at Luetta and 249. 
21151 State Highway 249, Houston, Texas, 77070. Welcome back to Uplate with Nerd Thug Radio. This is Corey DLG with his usual little brother, Nico. Make sure to go to the Adventure Begins uh, Comics, Games, and More Roku page. Check them out. And remember to come hang out with us February 26th at Dragon's Lair. Brand new location. Um, it's in the same shopping strip as the old one, so I haven't gotten the new address yet. But keep an eye on the Facebook pages, theirs and ours. We'll post accordingly. Um, we were talking about Amazon just not caring. Uh, at one point, I had ordered a graphic novel, and it came in. But what came in was actually someone's uh, like personally written book, like one of those you know self published books. Nice, love to see it. And it was it was full of slurs and hate speech. Oh, very cool. <laughs> it was about it was like the power of hate. Like, and I don't know if it was. I didn't read it because I opened it up and like. One of the chapters is about the N-word. I was like, what is going on in this book? But uh, it was like, obviously it wasn't what I ordered. So when I contacted Amazon, I said, yeah, you guys sent me in, in the package instead of the graphic novel I wanted. It was this book. And they go, okay, no problem. So they were supposed to send the graphic novel and then a, a return envelope that I could put this book in. Mm-hmm. Well, they send the graphic novel. And then two weeks later, they send the graphic novel again. And then two weeks later, they send me a second copy of the book. <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> the first time I did it, I did it through the automated system. Uh, you know, just clicking, you know, are you happy? And I was like, no. And I told it why. And it said, we'll fix it. Well, then when I got the second graphic novel and no envelope, I called in and said, hey, you guys still need to send me the envelope. And she was like, okay, no problem. Then she sent me another copy of the graphic novel. Um, so you have, and, you have two or three of the graphic novel. I had like at one point I I gave them I gave them away because I had three copies I had two copies of the same graphic novel and I threw away the book because it was terrible. But I had two copies of the book and two copies of the graphic novel. So I don't think Amazon's bothered by any of these four dollar refunds. Um, <laughs> they send you four books, three of which you can order afterward. Yeah, it, it never got any better. Like I was like, okay, that was what I wanted, but. I also want to get rid of this other book. No, I can't. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. All that being said, thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to go to check out the Adventure Begins uh, Roku page, February 26th. Keep your eye on that calendar. If you're in the Houston area, come hang out with us at Dragon's Lair. This has been yet another great episode. Thanks for listening of the Adventure of Nerd Thug Radio.